Noble Dairy Queen's new summer blizzard menu is back and it is stacked. Dive right into the summer celebration with their new peanut butter cookie dough party blizzard. You can sink your red spoon into their world famous DQ soft serve filled with delicious chunks of chocolate chip cookie dough, swirls of creamy peanut butter topping and peanut brittle crunch with sprinkles. If the peanut buttery flavor isn't your jam, their fresh take on cobbler a la mode certainly will. Say hello to the Picnic Peach Cobbler Blizzard. You can also let your taste buds crumble with the ultimate cookie blizzard that features Oreo, Chips Ahoy, and Nutter Butter pieces. Dairy Queen knows everyone loves a good comeback, and fan-favorite blizzard flavors Frosted Animal Cookie, Brownie Batter, and Cotton Candy have made their triumphant return. Summer Blizzard flavors are now available at your Noble Dairy Queen stores with locations in Kankakee, Bourbonnet, Moments, and Mantino. Happy tastes good. Kankakee Podcast is proudly presented by Pewter Pros, Stitch Prints, and Digital World Design Family of Businesses, celebrating 25 years of small business ownership in Kankakee County. Learn more at mypewterpros.com, stitchprints.com, and digitalworlddesign.com. Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and this is a special bonus episode that I was not planning on releasing. But after being at this meeting last night, I thought, you know, maybe this is something I should release onto the podcast because I found it to be very good information. So last night I was covering a violence prevention informational meeting for Milner Media. I work part-time in their news department for the Valley and River Country, and their news director, Rob West, asked me to go out to this City of Kankakee violence prevention informational meeting that happened at the train depot last night, and they had a guest speaker there named Marcus Ellis, and he's the director of violence prevention in Washington, D.C., in the mayor's office there, and talked about what he's done in the last seven years in that position to help combat uh, violence in the city of, of D.C. And, of course, Mayor Chris Curtis was there, along with aldermen, and there was some other people from the public there as well. And, of course, the Kankakee Violence Prevention Coordinator, Johnny Graham Wicks, was in attendance as well. And I just thought this was a, a good piece of audio to get out to you that you would probably be interested in. I will say that this is not 
super high quality audio because I wasn't planning on going there to record something for Kankakee Podcast. I was working for Milner Media, so I just brought my phone to record some audio. So what you hear is audio captured from my phone, which actually turned out not to be so bad. First, you're going to hear Mayor Chris Curtis talk and introduce Marcus Ellis. Then you'll hear Marcus talk, and then Mayor Curtis will talk again after that. So let's get to the violence prevention informational meeting that I was in attendance at last night. And talk about just what he's doing in Washington, D.C. and in his career. And the best part of it was we had a lot of open questions for about 30 minutes that allowed the public to really talk about different things and, and get some very candid answers um, from Mr. Ellison. So um, it was a very good meeting as well as meetings where you get on at 1 o'clock, start at 11.30, and we needed more time. We could probably talk for two more hours. But um, what I wanted to do tonight was get people from the public, and in particular, I wanted to get our aldermen here as much as possible and some of our partners, because we're doing some things um, that was um, started under Mayor Wells Armstrong with uh, Cities United, and then kind of COVID hit, and it really couldn't take off like it needed to, and one of the initiatives is when came a lot of people said, this is something we need to continue forward, and so we're continuing that forward. Um, and Johnny, so now we do have a uh, you know, an office of violence prevention within the city of Kinky. As I talk to you as aldermen, uh, you're going to, I even talked to Comptroller Kubal today. We're going to have a separate line item for this office within our budget. Okay? You can only do this work if funding is a part of it. And thankfully to you, you allocated our funds to Cities United so that we can hire Johnny. The reality is that Johnny is a one man show right now, one woman show, I'm sorry, <laughs> a one person show. Um, and Marcus is going to tell you how that started for him also and where it's gotten to today in five to seven years. Um, but she's doing so many great things and she's running in so many different directions, but she needs assistance and we need more funding, quite frankly, to do what we're doing here. But there's success stories out there. When I went to Baltimore in October, um, I got to watch Marcus kind of from afar because he was a keynote speaker, part of a panel there, um, talking and different things. We got to talk to him, but really listen to it. And I got so much out of Baltimore listening at that event that we came back with so many questions and thoughts and ideas. And then we went to Louisville and he spoke on the panel there, but it was a little more intimate. Um, if you don't know, uh, the city of Kankakee was um, was invited to be part of Cities United's Roadmap Academy. We're one of nine nine cities across America that were invited. We're the smallest city. We're a 25,000-person uh, community. Uh, there's there's people like there from Seattle, Greensboro. Um, you've got, uh, I keep going, Minneapolis, uh, Savannah, Mount Houston, Mount, yeah, Mount Vernon. You know, these are large cities. These are cities with 500,000 people, 120,000 people. Um, so it, it feels a little weird when you hear about they've got $23 million allocated in Kansas City towards what they're trying to do there. I heard that number. I'm like, Oh, God, budgets on, you know, whatever. But then I started looking at it like, and I even did this this morning with Marcus, and I said, okay, what's $23 million divided by 500000 It came out to like 46 bucks a person, so then you took it times $25,000. That's like $1.1 million in Kankakee and stuff. I guess I'm like, okay, those are numbers I can live with. Or, you know, flip thing. But it, it made me think. But uh, every time we go, there's two there's two fold here, okay? Thanks to you as council members here, we've allocated a lot of money to our public safety. Uh, both fire and police and a lot of other things and we've, we've put the camera systems in we've allocated additional resources we got community policing officers de dedicated for that 
And thanks to you, it's, it, that is working. But as I talked about this morning, that's not the ultimate deal. That's, that's if you've got, we, and he'll talk about it, if you've got a cold, or you got diagnosed everything here, but if you've got a illness, you get that initial thing that takes care of bringing down the fever. You're still not over your sickness, but at least you got your fever down from 103 down to 101. And that's what we're kind of doing from a public safety perspective now, but we've got to solve the long-term problem, the illness itself. And that's going to take five to seven years or longer. And uh, so that's what Johnny's been working on. Um, <laughs> but maybe to see a generation change, I call it. We're talking about um, young men here who are anywhere from 12 to 24 years old. You know, if you're 12 to 19, seven years, that's a whole different mentality and a state of mind and everything else that you're going through there. Uh, but I guys, what, what I wanted to do is let um, so let's talk a little bit to you today and, and we can keep it very interesting. But I want you to be able to talk to them one on one. If you've got a question you don't want to ask, maybe publicly, we're going to ask him about it because this guy's got a lot of resources and answers. He's actually going through a, a job shift right now. So he's worked for the last seven years. Yeah. Seven years. He's been 23 years in government, but the last seven years, he's been the director for the Office of Violence Prevention within this, uh, to the mayor's office in the Washington, D.C. So he started this from the ground. Um, he's got a new venture he's going to take on officially Monday. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was a well-sought-out person that everybody wanted him to stay within the government entity, but a lot of people wanted So he's he's experienced the hardships. He knows what works, what doesn't work. Um, we brought him here, and I want to continue the relationship for him to guide us on the right path. Every city's different. Yeah. But I wanted him to talk to you a little bit today and then go back to very casual talk about everything. One thing we are going to do, we are going to rush him out of here tonight and probably by 630 so we can get him over to Curson Road because they got the, if a lot of you have seen and participated, we've got the, uh, the youth violence stop uh, that Commander Austin works with, with Ron Curry and everybody. Uh, we want him to see that and see what we're doing in the community here. And so uh, I'm not going to talk more. You don't need to hear me. You guys hear me too often. But Marcus Ellis from Washington, D.C., um, he was phenomenal today in talking. I talked to him this morning. I said, this is our leaders, our council. Um, I can dedicate funds to it, but I can't approve them. These guys out here approve them. So I, I've asked him to say, talk about what he's done, where it started, and why it's so important that we invest in this uh, Office of Violence Prevention for the City of King Kings. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. So I'm going to give y'all the same spiel that I gave to the group earlier today. 46 years old. I got braces two weeks ago. I'm learning how to talk again. Everything doesn't come out clearly is because this fresh bottom row is causing me some uh, some changes. But getting into our conversation, one, you know, I just want to really thank you all for having me here. Um, the city has been amazing over the last two two days now. Um, I feel like Johnny has shown me every piece of your city. And, um, you know, it's good to always kind of understand the terrain if you're coming somewhere and trying to offer assistance, um, knowing that the subject matter experts are here. Although I might be able to bring strategy, if you're going to fix something, it's normally going to be the subject matter experts that are from that particular city. Um, today, I started off by just kept telling a story that I think some of you might be able to relate to from where you sit in government. Um, in D.C., you know, uh, seven years ago, our mayor had a uh, a public meeting after a 15-year-old was shot and killed in the District of Columbia. And so when the mayor went to the meeting, you know, there was plenty of press there, plenty of community folks, and, you know, she, she had just become mayor. She's now into her third term, but at this time, you know, some of these conversations were new, respectfully to her position. She thought she had the answer. 
she thought telling the community that yes, we're going to beef up the police presence. We're going to put police on every corner. We're going to police, police, police. And be very clear, police have an absolute role in stopping violence. Absolutely. But it was the only thing that she offered. Celebrate Mother's Day with D. Westfall Jewelers on Broadway and Bradley. You can shop 20% off store-wide from now until Mother's Day. If you spend $199 or more now through May 8th, you can receive a $25 gift card from Texas Roadhouse. And then from May 9th through the 12th, if you spend $199 or more, receive a bouquet of flowers from Bada Bloom in Bourbon A. Mom deserves to shine this Mother's Day with new jewelry from D. Westfall Jewelers on Broadway and Bradley. Like and follow D. Westfall Jewelers on Facebook and Instagram for more info. There was no alternative to that particular situation to say, okay, we get it. We're going to find a person. We're going to arrest them. And, and you know, we're going, to, we're going to do that that way. But how do we get in front of these issues? How do we start to be a little bit more preventive? And I feel bad in that moment because at the time we were just starting the office, even starting the conversations around the office. And we didn't really equip our mayor at the time to be able to answer in a different way with an and and a both which is really what it would take in order to, to, to stop some of the things that we're seeing happening at that time in D.C. And so immediately we kind of went back to the drawing board and we said, you know what, we need to make sure that we are, are clear and that our mayor has something that she can articulate that makes sense. And before we can do any of that, we got to get the right folks at the table. We got to get community and government at the table to kind of start putting together what this plan is going to look like. Then we said we had to do something that I am uh, extremely excited about seeing uh, uh, the product of here in your city. We need to look at our assets and see what exactly do we have to combat this crime in this way, right? We're asking folks to put that gun down and change the way you're living your life. But then I had to ask, well, what are we putting in that other hand based on the, the way that they had already been moving within society? So we did something we call asset mapping. We looked at every asset in the District of Columbia that was for this at-risk population. One of the things that's been so exciting about being here is that you all have a tremendous amount of assets. But just like, look, and I'm saying this as a fellow for another couple of days government guy, oftentimes our assets and what we do is in a siloed approach. And so they're not talking to each other. Um, I had an opportunity of speaking with the uh, with our chief yesterday, and um, part of what he said is, and this is one of the huge wins in coming to your city, is that I'm looking for resources. I'm looking for alternatives. You know, I'm looking for other options for those that are becoming in contact with the law. But there's so many of them. Or I found out about something after the fact, right? A part of this asset mapping is being able to look at our whole universe and figure out which way we need to go. As we fast forward through that process, another thing that I shared with the group today is that then we had to get folks at the table that were solution-oriented and willing to look at solving violent crime in a different way. Remember, and, and it's, it's always twofold. We've got our law enforcement approach, and I can tell you right now from my years of doing this work, a lot of times, you know, when, when law enforcement is called to a particular incident, it's almost 
unfair that they are trained and developed to handle that situation in one way. Where is the other resource that's supposed to come in and assist with this, right? They're serving and they're protecting. But if we got some folks that are trained up in a different facet to address this work, now we can we can attack it in, in more than one way. And so this stuff took time. I made a joke today that, you know, when we started this, and this was two years before the office started, there was me, and then it was me and an intern. And that was the office, right? So I can relate to the hard work I see going on here every day because it, it's it's a um, it's a it's a job that requires a lot of time. It's no banker's hours. You're working on Saturdays, Sundays because you know, crime doesn't stop, right? So you're always actively involved. Once we got to the point, and this is a, the part that, that really should um, kind of ring ring through this room, is that our our instance was a little bit different. We had to get our mayor on board with work moving in this direction. You guys have a mayor that awesomely believes that there's more than one way to do the work. Our council was ready to move forward. We had to get the <laughs> we had to yeah, we had to do some work to get the council and the mayor on the same page because we had legislation written, it hadn't been approved, and it hadn't been funded yet. The one thing that I knew in order for us to get these funds, in order for us to move this thing forward, you had to have a plan. Because I think that a lot of times in this work, we can re- we move from a place of passion and emotion and we, just, we need to do something else. Without a written plan, a model on how we want to get that done, it's going to be hard for people to want to invest in something like that. And so that's a lot of the work that, you know, um, we do with Cities United. A lot of the conversations we're having is really about evaluating, using data-driven approaches, figuring out where is crime taking place, who's committing the crime, who is actively involved, because the, the same thing we just said, before you can diagnose and, and solve anything, you gotta know what you're trying to cure, right? I made the joke earlier, you know, sometimes I might take Tylenol, but it wasn't, it was my allergies. I should have been taking a leave. I diagnosed with the wrong thing, and now I'm still sneezing, you know what I mean? So we kinda gotta look at this from that type of approach. So I look forward to, you know, really having future conversations with you all around this particular topic. Um, I always say this as I go from city to city having this talk, is that you have to be fair to the fact that some folks have only worked to stop violent crime one way. And that's not, you can't judge by that. You gotta be fair to that. And if you're not willing to to educate and and teach and kind of explore and with those folks who might not necessarily see things from your lens, you're not really being fair to the process. And so that's a lot of what this work is about. I am super hopeful for this particular community because it just seems like you have, I met with, I don't know, 50 plus people in that room today. It all seemed to get it. They just want to get it together so that we can start moving things forward. And so with that, because I will keep talking and now we're going over time again. (laughs) And I just have some Coca-Cola, so I'm a little energized. So I just want to say, you know, thank you again for having me. I'm open to any, you know, conversations and I'll be around and uh, yeah, I appreciate you all. So thanks. I just say again, um, thank you for taking your time out. Um, if you want to talk to Marcus kind of one-on-one, if you got a question or whatever, introduce yourself, especially your Alderman, I would love for you to introduce himself because um, I hope this is the last time he comes to Kankakee. Um, he continues to talk with us and he gives us the ideas. Um, 
this guy's a wealth of knowledge right here. And like I said, I've, I've, I've already seen it two times. Now I've heard it a third time today, uh, or just since you've been here on this trip. But uh, there's a there's a lot of knowledge in his head that he that we can use. And so um, I'm I'm thanking you, thank you that you took the time today to come and share it with us. And I know you've been talking a lot to Johnny. So yeah. that's the other thing is I want to give a lot of kudos to Johnny. She's Absolutely. been working hard on. Up, uh, from Louisville back up through and I don't even think we had made Indianapolis yet and she's like I got an idea I'm like, <laughs> oh, three days I'm like I'm just trying to get us home right now so, um, I think we might even have a uh, I-pass sticker or fine coming from crossing the bridge without, without paying the toll or whatever but, uh, but no she got this all arranged within two weeks um, and that's a big deal and that's kind of at the speed that we got to move and that's the speed she does move at um, I know council hasn't really worked with her a lot um, but I tell you, she's doing an outstanding job. Uh, I think Chief Passwater can tell you the same thing. He talks to her a lot, and and it's just. And right now, I gave the analogy before is you know today's opening day of baseball. I said this earlier today. Okay, so we got a long way to go. We just thrown the first pitch out. We haven't even got the first batter out yet. So we're in the first inning, top of the first, and we got a long way to go. It's for this nine innings. Uh, but I'm I'm basically making a plea to you. I'm going to work with Comptroller Kubal. We've got money in the budget, but she needs help. I'm going to put a line item in there, and I'm going to try to put some funding in there and because she needs help because she's moving at a pace that's even faster than I can even move right now. And um, and the reality is he'll tell you, he started off with one or two. How many do you have now in D.C.? Again, it's a town of 800,000. Yeah. Our office is about 102 now. 102 that they got working there. <laughs> and he'll tell you about 800,000 people, though, right? Yeah, 800,000 people. <laughs> but if we can get ours from one to three. Absolutely. And he's talked about even little things is, you know, they had to pick certain neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to solve it all. And he said, but we had to pick four or five neighborhoods. And we just had to concentrate on those four or five neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You know, there was stuff going on everywhere else. They picked where they thought they had to be. And they stayed there and made sure they made a difference in that neighborhood. And don't just be chasing your tail and running all over the place. you got to have a game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing here. We're a small community. And I look at it, this is where I think we're with those nine communities that are out there. That, I, I'll be honest, when I was in Baltimore, I'm like, how do you solve Baltimore's problem? We got one closer. How do you solve Chicago's problem? I mean, where do you start? Mm-hmm. It's like a pile of sand. You can dig in the sand for 20 minutes and it's still a pile of sand. I mean, but we're a smaller community. We can make a difference here very quickly. But he resonated something he said this morning. Even though we're a small community, we still have to pick a couple pockets within our neighborhood and just make sure we do really well in those pockets. That doesn't mean shootings and stuff aren't going to happen in other areas. we got to fix those couple pockets with one or two people and Johnny and everything, and then we can move on. So the hard part is probably when something else happens somewhere else, like, why aren't you over here helping? Mm -hmm. Well, we got to make sure we finish the job that we started. So those are some of the advice he's given that I didn't even think about coming into tonight. So, Mm -hmm. um, So, But, again, I just... Keep it informal. Have another cocktail, drink. I want to. I, I love using this place where we can come and just be relaxing and talk with her. But if you got a question for him, ask. If not, just introduce yourself, and then we're going to continue to show them some of the stuff we're doing here around here today. So awesome! Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks. Thank again. you, sir. Yeah, for sure. Again, audio from a City of Kankakee violence prevention meeting that I attended last night at the train depot. I thought there was some good takeaways just from that short informational meeting because violence in the City of Kankakee is always a topic 
on the podcast, and I thought it was informative to kind of learn what the city is trying to do to combat those violence, aside from kind of like what the mayor said and even what Marcus said. It's a twofold process. It's not just beefing up police presence in the city, but it's also other initiatives as well looking at all the different resources and seeing how we can connect all of them and make everyone aware that they exist. So I just thought it was something that you would enjoy hearing and something that everyone uh, should hear. And also just so you can ask more questions. If you live in the city of Kankakee or you work in the city of Kankakee, maybe this sparked an idea in your brain of, huh, I wonder if they tried doing this or they tried doing that or I want to get more involved. Whatever it might be, I just thought this would be good information for you to have. So I hope you enjoy this bonus episode of Kankakee Podcast. We will be back, of course, this Monday, April 3rd with an episode. Thank you for all of your love and support, and uh, specifically, of course, to our title sponsors, Digital World Design, Pewter Pros, and Stitch Prince and Bradley, celebrating 25 years of small business ownership here in Kankakee County. You can learn more at mypewterpros.com, stitchprints.com, and digitalworlddesign.com. Our theme song was written and performed by Lupe Carroll and recorded by Daniel Bishop. This river carries on